What's up, everybody? It's Uncle Dave here. I'm still tripping podcast. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. And if you're new to our podcast, do us a favor. Go to iTunes. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the um, the five star button. Well, don't lie. If you don't like it, don't hit the five star button. Just please don't say anything. But if you do like it, hit the five star button and get yourself some Stance socks. Stance.com or Fashion Play Small. Got this cool little store down there. They got hats, t-shirts, bras, underwear. I mean, I don't. I I know they got a bra because I bought my wife one there. Point is. They got dope socks too. Stance.com, Stance Store in the Fashion Place Mall. If you live here locally in Utah, hit them up. Tell them that you heard about uh, their store from the Still Trippin' Podcast. Uh, talk to my boy Devin, all the great people down there, and they will get you fitted. They will take you from busted to bougie. So today's episode is going to be something, it's going to be something I've done for the second time, and it's called The Confession Session. When it comes to pain, our generation wasn't taught to feel, we were taught to conceal. Our society now has a voice, but damn, that comes with a tough choice. Do we use it to criticize and judge? Do we use it to connect and to show love? With all the fake in the world, it's hard to trust what's real. We are the fortunate ones, but somehow we're still socially ill. All I know is connection is the best addiction because it can heal us from our afflictions. So take some time to kick back and chill while we lace you with the very best pill. Welcome to the confession session. So what the confession session is, is I just simply confess something, tell you something about my past and my life, give you a little insight on it so you don't got to deal with the same drama and go through all the horrible things that I went through. Now, I'm not saying I had the worst life, but there's a couple of things that I wish would have worked out differently, but since they didn't, you can always turn that around, turn that pain into something purposeful. So I was having a conversation earlier today. Um... You know, this is actually going to get deep really quick. So I hung out earlier today with a young man. He um, is the cousin and very, very, very close friend of a young man who passed away from suicide uh, three years ago, last month. And this young man was a young man that I had personally been his counselor. The very sad story was this young man at a local high school here, his uh, close friend had passed away from suicide and he came and saw me. He was really struggling. He just found out the day before. And um, shortly after, about four or five days later, he also, um, you know, passed away from suicide. And so my connection with the young man I was hanging out with earlier today is a really strong connection because we actually train at the same MMA jujitsu gym. And he's a really good. Um, he's really good at jujitsu. He's great at yoga. He's like 23 years old, and he's got a lot of stuff that on the outside looks like it's going for him. But he's, you know, been obviously struggling with the loss of, you know, his close friend and family member. And if you've ever lost someone, or if you've ever worried about someone, um, a lot goes through your head. If someone's in a difficult time they get really hurt, or in this case, if they pass away from suicide, you, you start thinking like, what could I have done different? How, should I have done this? Should I have done that? Why didn't I reach out to them more? How come I didn't pick up on these signals? And all those questions are normal, and all those questions are what you, as a loving, caring person, would naturally have in your mind because 
if you care about someone, you want to be there for them. But a lot of times when people are struggling like this, we don't know how to help them. We don't know what they're going through. And so this young man, I think it's safe to say, you know, it's been quite the battle for him for quite some time. But more recently, um, he's been struggling a lot more. So I told him this story today, and this is my confession. I never told him this story before, but this is a very true story. So I had, uh, out of high school, I'm from San Diego, and uh, out of high school, I got this thing called a football scholarship. And up here to Utah, the University of Utah, that's how I officially, uh, originally, not officially, <laughs> originally came out to Utah, was for a football scholarship. And on the outside of the world, and when I was telling this young man today, um, on the outside, my life looked perfect. I'm sure at that moment, there's lots of people that thought I had it all made. I'm a football player. I'm popular. I get people pay me to go or I get paid to go to college. I get free books, free everything. They give me money every single month to live off of. And it seemed like a great gig. And you know, it was, I'm not saying it wasn't, but what people didn't know is that I was a fake. What I mean, what, what I mean is that I would look in the mirror every day and say, I'm full of, yeah, I'm a fake. I'm a hypocrite. Let me tell you why I thought that about myself. Because throughout the day, I'd wake up in the morning, I'd do my hair, try to, you know, get all, you know, all purdy, look all good, look all fly, you know, get all fitted, you know, a little matchy-matchy. Because back back then when I was going to college, you know, there's a certain style, you know, back then. And uh point is... I was doing so much to put on that front that I had it all under control. And when people would test my manhood or try to, you know, try to punk me or, you know, try, try to challenge me, especially when you play football, I was ready to stand up for myself. and I was ready to be tough and strong and I wouldn't complain about injuries. And I was the guy who's, who's going to be that guy that everybody looked at and said, wow, he's really tough. Like, not like to beat up other people tough, but tough, could take pain and all these types of things. And so that was this, this persona I created for myself. But it was, all, it was all fake. It was a lie. Because not only was I not tough, I needed to pretend to be tough because I was extraordinarily tender. I was scared. I was unsure of myself. I had a secret, a lot of secrets, but one in particular. I was adopted. Everyone that knew me knew that I had two older brothers, that one played for the Miami Dolphins, one played for the Chicago Bears. They'd been in the NFL for a long time. And most people know that if you're in the NFL or you know someone in the NFL, people are like, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so. His brother plays in the NFL. That's so cool. It's this weird like social status thing if you're close with someone that's a celebrity or an athlete. And so a lot of people would just look at me like, oh, your brother's in the NFL. That's so cool. And, you know, they thought it was cool because they knew someone had brothers in the NFL or whatever makes people think that that's popularity. That's what I was getting at that particular moment. But my secret was that I was adopted and that those weren't my brothers. Now, it was, <laughs> it was a true lie. <laughs> it was half true, half lie. Because they were my brothers because I was adopted. So, by, so legally, I was their sibling. And I was family because my grandmother was the person who adopted me. So my grandmother had a baby out of wedlock, aka my mother. And then my grandmother, not making it work with that guy she was dating. I mean, she didn't make, point is, it didn't work with the guy she was dating. And then she got remarried to this guy she met at the military base. My grandmother lived in Hawaii and she met this guy, just this Caucasian guy from New Jersey and 
His last name is Kozlowski, this Polish last name. And so it was true that I was related to them. They're my family and they were technically my brothers, but they weren't like my biological brothers. And that was the secret. I wasn't as good at football as they were. I wanted to be as good as they were. I love the fact that they had fancy cars and they got tons of attention and they got so much popularity. And even the fact that some of them weren't always the nicest guys, one in particular was not always the nicest guy. For some reason, people still liked him, even though he wasn't a good guy at times. And so, and, I mean, I love my brother. He's not a bad guy. <laughs> he was kind of a jerk for a while. So point is, I'm in this situation where everybody's giving me credit and everybody's giving me attention for things I didn't even deserve. And I knew I didn't deserve it, but nobody else knew I didn't know I didn't deserve it. So when things would get tough for me and people would challenge me, I was quick to defend myself and try to protect this persona and this person that I wanted people to think I was. Because I didn't think if they saw who I really was, I didn't think that was going to get me invited to the parties. I didn't think that was going to make me popular. I didn't think like telling people, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a bastard. By definition, I didn't know who my dad was till two years ago. So by definition, that's what a, bast a bastard is. And so I'm sitting here, I'm a bastard. My mother struggled with all these issues. You know, my grandmother had to raise me. You know, if your own mom doesn't want you, and I'm not saying she didn't want me, but this is what I was thinking. If your own mom doesn't want you, then it's kind of like, what do you got going for you? Not too much. So since I didn't want to put that out to the world, I didn't. But then everything came crumbling down. See, just like a, an online persona, a social media persona, when we work really hard to put together a story, a depiction of our life that would be attractive and that would be inviting to other people, every time we do that, we get deeper and deeper down a pathway that we need our real life to match the life that we created online. In my situation, there was no online back then, so I needed my current life to match what other people thought I was. So I needed to be a really good football player so they wouldn't think I wasn't you know, related to these guys. I needed to be on point in all these areas and look a certain way so that people would be like, oh, okay, like if, you know, if, if he's dressing like that, if he's doing that, then that'd be cool. The problem was is I didn't want to do that much work and it was tiring and I would forget half the things I was supposed to be for people. And every now and then people would get the mean, crude, selfish, messed up side of me that had a lot of mommy issues. And then they would look at me like, whoa, where'd this come from? And then I'd become the guy that people would gossip about and hate on and talk bad about. And it was such this back and forth, back and forth of me trying to be what people wanted me to be knowing I wasn't that, but I wasn't ready to be honest with myself that I got to figure out who I am because the fact of the matter is I had no idea. I didn't even develop a real personality. I had some like bits and pieces of who I, my personality might be, but I just didn't know because I wasn't willing to say all the things I was insecure about. So perfect storm happened. My fiance at the time, she and I were having a really bad relationship. I had a knee surgery one thing led to another. After the knee surgery, I had a really bad panic attack. I don't know what took place. It was very chaotic. And between her and I breaking up, my football career being on hold and potentially being done, it's like the whole world wasn't falling in on me. It was opening up so that people could see me. And 
I didn't like the thought of that so much. In fact, I didn't like the thought of that to the point where I chose to make an attempt to take my life. And it was a very serious suicide attempt. I was fortunate that my neighbor at that time heard me collapse because when I woke up, I was already at the University of Utah Hospital. And I was very fortunate that I lived less than a mile away from the University Hospital. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to save me. So I told this story to this young man today because it was relevant for him because he lost his closest friend, his cousin, his life. I mean, they knew each other their whole entire life. They trained jujitsu together. He lost this person. He was down the dumps and he was looking at me like I got my stuff together because even though I have my stuff together now, I didn't always have my stuff together. So he was really surprised to hear the struggle that I had with myself. And he told me, he goes, I've been going through a really depressed time lately. And everybody's telling me you need to focus on yourself. You need to cut out all the drama. Just be true to yourself. You know, you know, live your truth and be the person that you need to be. And he goes, but there's a problem. I go, what's that? He's like, I don't know who that person is. <laughs> so how am I supposed to be true to a person that I haven't figured out yet? And so through our conversation, it, it just reminded me of something that's so, so simple. But it is, what I'm about to say is against, I shouldn't say against, it's different it's a different way of thinking than we sometimes hear on social media when we're trying to create this persona and this, this person that we think people will like. And what I told him was, I said, figuring out who you are as an individual is actually less about you as an individual and more about working with other people. And he looked at me kind of bewildering. He's like, wait a second, what do you mean? I go, yeah. I go, if you work with someone, if you help someone, if you're in a partnership with someone working on, whether it be a school project or today, for example, he actually was working with me, helping me with my jujitsu because he's been, he's been just training more consistently. Like he just knows a whole lot more than I do. So me, this older guy who's his, his, you know, way older than him. I have this certain success that he looks up to. He wants to be a therapist someday and a counselor. He's looking at me and I'm like, no, I want you to help me. So in that simple exchange, he was giving me something that I didn't have, which is information about jujitsu and helping me train. And then in return, I shared this experience with him. And after I shared the experience, I said, you will find yourself helping others. But more specifically, I'm not just talking about like baking cookies for people and, you know, you know, sending people, you know, you know, a birthday card or wishing them happy birthday on Facebook. What I mean is that when you're working with other people and they have something that they can't quite wrap their head around or they're struggling with, if you just step in and you help ease that burden, you help them with whatever that work is, whatever that struggle is, even if you don't have the answer towards it, if you just sit with them while they're going through it and do whatever you can, you will see yourself through the way they look at you. See, mirrors are relationships relationships are like mirrors. If we look into a mirror of someone that's they're struggling with something and we expect them to show up for us and to be positive and all happy, sometimes we can look in that mirror and we can take their anger and their frustration and their insecurities and we could take it as if it's ours. Like that's the way they think about us. But the reality of it is, is they're just tired of being the only person that they're mad and angry at and they dump some of it off on you. Now, what it came down to the end of this conversation was if you want to find yourself, it's like a back and forth partnership. 
you work with other people to help relieve some of their burdens, sit with someone, talk with a friend, add something to someone else's life, talk about something that matters, send someone a, you know, a little memory, a little thought just thinking about you. And when you do those things, also return and do them for yourself. Give yourself some atta girls, some atta boys. Become your own best friend. Because our relationship with other people teaches us what we need to be more of to be a better person to other people. So if someone's struggling with something and we help them and we realize while we're helping them that we're good at something that we're helping them out with, like this young man, he's good at jujitsu. And when he's working with me, I told him, you're a really good like personal instructor jujitsu. And he was like, I am. He's like, I know I suck at teaching classes. I'm horrible at that. I go, but you're really good individually. So he learned something about himself. He's like, man, maybe I should teach more individual sessions with people jujitsu because, wow, that could really help them out. And then after that conversation, I gave him some information about my suicide attempt and all the things I went through. And he started looking at me and going, wow, I didn't know that you could feel the way that he feels depressed and struggling because of the death of his cousin. He said, I didn't know I could feel the way I feel, but then still turn out to be someone like you. I said, hey, man, that's why you learn more about yourself when you're willing to work with other people and you're willing to help relieve their burden. Then when you relieve their burden, you feel like you have value, you feel like you're necessary. Then it's a whole lot easier to put time and effort for your own self. Do some things for yourself, whether it be exercise, reading, you know, finish those packets if you're, you know, still trying to make up on some classes from the past school year. Helping other people, working with other people to relieve their burden is going to teach you more about what you need to do to relieve your own burden. So that's my confession session. That's what I want to share with you today. And like always here, it's still tripping. No matter what you got going on, it's not who you are. It's just what you're going through. So until then, and until next episode, be cool. Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a mental health professional, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional on the Still Trippin' podcast.